Hey, cross trainers, Donny P coming at you here in Australia, Sunday, the 26th of June, 2022, and a beautiful day here on the Gold Coast currently, uh, fantastic uh, sunrise this morning and just a really great day, uh, lots of blue skies and yeah, just fantastic. So um, today I'm, I'm just going to talk to you about the value of the Word of God again, which is a consistent theme of this podcast uh, because that's exactly what we are as cross trainers. We're looking to uh, promote knowing the Word more and being uh, biblically, uh, well, up to up to speed and knowing knowing the word inside out back to front upside down etc so that's what we're all about here so this week uh as you may have seen there was a significant uh victory in the u.s supreme court with roe versus wade being or basically um sort of overruled and the um, abortion debate then goes back to the states. So that was a fan- fantastic thing. But, of course, uh, that's created a hornet's nest uh, amongst the left-wing media and the left-wing protesters out there. So there are many troubles in, in this world, if you haven't noticed. Well, I mean, if you haven't noticed that, you've probably been asleep for the last 20 years because, um, yeah, literally every... Every day almost there's something kicking off. So that's why it's really important to get into the word because there's a war for our identity, for our gender, for our family, for our values, for our beliefs, for our jobs, for the right to life and many other things. And if you don't know the word, then purely and simply you're going to get run over. But having said that, the enemy fears nothing more than a believer who internalizes, speaks, lives believes and um, or basically applies the the word of God there is nothing the enemy fears more than that because the word is of, of God is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword as the scriptures say uh, so yeah we we really need to know the word and as I've said in prior podcasts it's it's like every, every time you open it and meditate on it and put it into practice it's it's like drinking out of a medicine bottle that permeates through every part of your being, um, your your mind, body, spirit, will, and, uh, well, basically every aspect of life, your uh, emotions, pretty much everything that, that you are is impacted by the Word of God. And, um, again, I'm saying this to myself, um, not just to you. Uh, so... Whatever I say here, I'm, I'm applying to myself. Uh, I, I do have a mirror in, in my place, and I'm certainly not pointing the finger at you, because if I did, I'd have four coming back at me. So, interesting, uh, Mark 7.13, it talks about how the traditions of men nullify the Word of God. So, if you're not into the Word of God, and if you're fully reliant on others to tell you what's in the Word of God, then chances are you may be exposed to a number of uh, traditions and personal or uh, denominational or other biases, and you're, you're not going to know what's true and what's not. So there's no substitute for getting into the Word personally and knowing it and asking God through the Holy Spirit to unpack it for you. There literally is no substitute for that. And 
Yeah, I mean, basically, you you can't depend on your uncle, your wife, your mother, your brother, any relative to tell you what's in the word. And and you can't get into the kingdom on anyone's coattails. It's got to be your relationship, your faith and your belief and what's in your heart. That's what's going to get you into the kingdom of God or otherwise. So, yeah, you've, you've really got to know what the word says and put it into practice. And so Romans 12, verse 2, it just says, don't be transformed to this world. Well, sorry, yeah, don't be conformed to this world, should I say, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove to yourself what is the good and acceptable will of God. So you've got to prove it to yourself, Um, not necessarily anyone else, but you have to prove it to you. You've, You've got to let the scriptures speak to you, let the Holy Spirit speak to you through the scriptures, which he will do. Um, but you've got to prove them to yourself. And um, I'm always reading the uh, Amplified Version. I just love it because I believe that it unpacks the meaning of, of scripture better than most translations out there. Um, whatever translation you're into, well, that that's great. Um, you know, the main point is read the word and understand what's in it. So I'm doing things the old way here. Um, I'm talking to you, recording this off my phone, but I've got a hard copy Bible here, even though I do have the Bible on my device, etc. But I just like to hold the word of God and engage with it. So Hebrews 4.12, I'm going to read that to you and every other scripture that I quote from the Amplified. So Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, soul and the immortal spirit and joints and marrow of the parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. So, That's literally what the word of God will do. Um, You know, it will uh, get right to the core of our being and it will sift and analyze and judge every thought and purpose of of our heart. And the Holy Spirit will use that to bring us back into line with what he wants us to do, uh, what our purpose for being is in this world. That's exactly what the word of God will will do for you. But, um, you know, it's, it's just... Yeah, really penetrating it. It gets right to the heart of, of, of the matter and there is nowhere to hide. Um, it'll expose things and sift and analyze and judge. And yeah, I mean, the Holy Spirit knows what's in our heart and mind. Um, so there is no place to hide. But having said that, that that's actually a, a, a good thing because we want to be like our father, not the imposter, a.k.a. the enemy. So the only way we can do that is by reading the word because it will transform our mind. Um, yeah, just as uh, Romans 12.2 says, so I'm going to flick over there, uh, read that to you from the Amplified. Romans 12.2 uh, just says, Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external and superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. For by its 
new ideals and its new attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. So, yeah, there's a couple of things there, as mentioned. So we, we have to prove it to our, our to and for, for ourselves. Um, and, yeah, this this way, if, if we engage with the word of God, then we're going to know uh, what God has in mind for us. And we're going to be able to engage with the purpose that he put us on the earth for, the purpose that he created us for, Um you know, in, in the scriptures, it talks about uh, various books. Uh, that there is a book of life that our names are written into when we accept Christ. But there's mention of other books. And I'm wondering whether one of those books is a book of purpose uh, that every individual has. Because, you know, we are purposefully uh, made beings. Every single one of us, we are uh, unique we, we have unique DNA, unique fingerprints, unique everything, really. We're custom-made uh, in the image of God, and each one of us is, is different in some way. Um, so each of us has a purpose for being on this earth, and you know the, the fact that we're right here right now means that God has a job for us to do. We're, we're not just here taking up space, doing nothing, or, or at least uh, we shouldn't be. So... Um, I, I think all of us have been there and done that. I, I know that I have. I mean, there's been a, a lot of my life that has lacked purpose and meaning, uh, primarily before I knew Jesus, but, uh, truthfully, probably even after, after that. But, um, time for that nonsense to stop and get on, uh, with what I'm here to do. And so that's exactly what I put this podcast together for. It's not to promote me or, you know, try and get a following for me or any anything to do with me. It's it's just that I feel God wanted me to do this, um, to put the word of God out onto the airwaves and to promote the word because, well, what else is worth promoting? I mean, I'm not worth promoting and uh, nothing else I have to say is worth promoting, but the word of God is absolutely worth promoting. And I know how it's changed my life and what a difference it's made in my life. And I know for a fact that if you get real and if you engage with the Word of God and you speak it, think about it, play it, you know, play it in, in the car when you're going to work or, you know, get the Bible on computer when you're exercising and listen to sermons and listen to godly music and just saturate your mind with the Word of God. And I promise you, that if you dwell on what the word is saying and you internalize it, meditate on it, then you will be a different person. People will realize and recognize change in you. You may not even recognize it yourself, but I can promise you 100% if, if you engage with the word of God, it will transform you, as it says in Romans 12 too. So um, Luke eleven twenty eight. Let's go over there, so uh, bear with me, I'm just going to flick to that uh, in my little manual uh, amplified here. Um, so Luke, uh, sorry, Luke 11, <laughs> what am I talking about? Luke 11.28, that's what I wanted. Um, so Luke 11.28 uh, in the amplified again. Um, but he said, blessed, happy, and to be envied, rather, 
are those who hear the word of God and obey and practice it. So if you hear the word of God, obey and practice it, then there's a blessing in there. And that will translate to happiness. Uh, Happiness is spiritual. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as I've said previously on other podcasts, you can't be truly happy unless you're in a relationship with Jesus. And if you're engaging with the word, um, it's just not possible. You you may think that what you're experiencing, uh, yeah, sort of um, experiencing is happiness, but it's not. It's just a relative form of misery. But happiness comes from the creator of happiness, which is Jesus. And we can't be happy unless we know him. Uh, happiness is spiritual. Um, but yeah, uh, blessed, happy, and to be envied are those who hear the word of God, obey it, and practice it. So that says it all. So when you think about it, if you're not happy, then maybe you're not hearing the word, obeying it, or practicing it. Uh, that That's just a thought, because, you know, happiness is a fruit of the Spirit, and if we're engaged with God, and uh, meditating on the word, speaking it, believing it, acting on it, internalizing it, then happiness will come along just as as, as a default. Um, you know, it's not something that we have to manufacture. It's the result of a godly lifestyle. That's exactly how happiness comes along. And dare I say it, it's probably a bit controversial if someone's depressed all the time, um, anxious, nervous, worried, fearful, whatever, all the time, I could almost guarantee you that they're not engaging with the Word of God. They probably rarely pick it up. And again, this is not any form of judgment. It's just a statement of fact. Because if you're engaged with the Word of God, if you know who you are in Christ and what you're here to do, then you aren't going to be depressed. You aren't going to be anxious. You aren't going to be fearful. You're not going to be worried or bothered or stressed about anything because the Lord is your shepherd. Uh, Psalm 23 you shall not want. Um, You know, it it talks about in Psalm 23 about how God will prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Um, You know, so what have we got to be worried about? Um, You know, so if someone is constantly uh, depressed, anxious, nervous, tense, fearful, etc., I guarantee you they're not engaging with with the word. Um, And so the antidote is, get engaged with the word. So uh, let's go to Isaiah 55, 11. I'm just going to flick over there. Okay, Isaiah 55, 11. From the Amplified again. Uh, let's see. Isaiah 55, 11. Okay, yeah, so it says... So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So, yeah, the the word of God comes out of God's mouth, and it won't return without producing what he wants it to do. It will accomplish what he pleased and purposed, and... Um, it'll prosper in the thing that it was meant to do. Um, The word of God, after all, is the creative power of the universe. 
If you read Genesis chapter 1, there are so many references in there. It says, God said, God said, God said, God said. You know, in the creation uh, recount, um, it's talking about what God said and what the result of what he said was. And it was basically the the word of God spoken and, and this world and the universe and everything else came into being um, out of the created power of the word of God from the, the mouth of God. Um, so the word of God is incredibly powerful. It's the most powerful force on earth or in the universe, full stop. Um, you know, and when we combine it with faith, um, it creates almost a uh, nuclear uh, outcome in that you just mix a tiny bit of faith with the word and you, you get an absolute explosion. Um, you know, so yeah, this is why the enemy's just on a real tangent to, uh, or basically pull down the family, pull down values, pull down Christians, um, use, use COVID to stop people worshiping in churches and stop them assembling and stop them working and a whole range of other things because it's his, whole um, agenda is to mess with our minds to get us stressed out and fearful and disengaged from the word as mentioned he will do anything to get us out of the word so we've got to get in his face and go not not having that and get stuck into the word as an intentional thing um so let's see first thessalonians 2 13 i'm gonna go over there so let's see. All right. First Thessalonians two thirteen. So okay, it says, and we also especially thank God continually for this, that when you received the message of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of mere men, but as it truly is, the word of God, which is effectual at work in you who believe, exercising its superhuman power in those who adhere to and trust in and rely on it. So that says it all, really. This is not the word of mere men. It truly is the word of God. And it's um, effectually at work in us believers. And it's exercising superhuman power in those that adhere to, trust in and um, rely on it. So we're really getting ripped off. I mean, Satan uh, comes to steal, kill and destroy. How many times has he stolen from you in, in your life? I know with me, it's been multiple. So no more. I'm, I'm going to pillage his storehouse and get everything back that he stole um, in, in multiples. Um, you know, uh, the, the word says that when a thief is discovered, he's got to restore sevenfold. So... I'm, I'm going to raid the enemy's storehouse and get seven times what he stole from me. But he will try and steal the word from you. And if you read the parable of, of the seed, um, that's exactly what happens because some seed falls on stony ground and other forms of ground, etc. And birds come along and eat it and, and what have you, you know. So you've really got to guard the seed of, of the word and make sure that it's planted in your heart in good ground and that you're receptive and that your heart is a breeding ground for the seed of the word of God. And that happens by engaging with the word, meditating on it, speaking it, believing it, living it, and putting it over and above 
your thoughts, feelings, emotions, um, anyone else's word, and just elevating it to uh, the prime position that it should have in your life. So Second uh, Timothy 2.15, on that note, let's go over there. Uh, let's see, Second Timothy 2.15, in the Amplified again. So here we are, Second uh, Timothy 2.15, Study and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to God approved, tested by a trial, a workman who has no cause to be ashamed, correctly analysing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. So there's a, there's a lot in that as well. So study, I mean, just like anything that you want to learn and and be proficient at it's going to take work and be eager and do your utmost to present yourself to god approved and there will be tests and trials in this life a workman or workwoman who has no cause to be ashamed see what the enemy often tries to do is a steal the word and then what he'll also do is try and bring shame and dishonor to us. You know, he wants us to put on that garment of, of shame, but Jesus came to remove that garment and uh, to give us garments of, of, of praise and, and worship and, and joy. You know, um, there, there's a song, I'm trading my sorrow, I'm trading my pain, I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. Um, so, I mean... Yeah, we, we shouldn't be ashamed. We shouldn't be living under condemnation as Christians. Um, there is no condemnation in Christ. So further on here, it talks about correctly anal- analyzing and accurately dividing, rightly handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. So that right there implies that if there is a right way to handle and and divide the word of truth, then there must also be multiple wrong ways to do that too. And uh, again, as mentioned in prior podcasts, the enemy, aka Satan, uh, used the word of God in the temptation with Jesus, but he misquoted it. He quoted it out of context. Uh, You know, so the word also says in John that uh, we, we know the shepherd and we hear his voice and we won't listen to the voice of, of a, a hireling. Um, so the only way that we, we're going to know God's voice is if we're in the word and, and let him speak to us. Otherwise, we will listen to the hireling. So it's, it's fully up to us um, what outcomes we're experiencing in life, because if we're engaged with the word, then we're going to have way better outcomes in our lives than we would otherwise or will have if we're not engaged in in the word. It's just as simple as that. But we've got to know how to rightly divide and analyze the the word of truth. It really comes down to that. So I'm I'm just blown away with how profound the scriptures are. So John six sixty three it says God God's words are spirit and life. You know, so if we're not engaged with the with the word of God then we're not going to uh, engage with his Holy Spirit or in in the life that he brings. Uh, as mentioned, you know, the alternative is, uh, well, a different spirit and words and other things that, that, that lead to death. So it's really vital that 
we're engaged with God's word to give us the spirit and life that we were created uh, to long for and to really need to be 100% whole. So let's go over there and read that. So John 6.63 in the Amplified again. You might hear me flicking flicking the pages here. Um, So John 6.63 in the Amplified. Here we are. It is the spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh conveys no benefit whatever. There is no profit in it. The words that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. Um, Says it all, really. Um, You know, Jesus is the life giver through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the flesh doesn't benefit at all. Um, In fact, in Romans 8, I think verse 9, it says... uh, if you're if if you don't have the spirit of God, then then you're not His. So you've you've got to have the Holy Spirit to be in relationship with God to even understand the Word. You know, because the Word also says that the 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 Word is foolishness to those who are perishing. Um, you know, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus, uh, they can't understand the Word because it's a coded book. And you need the Holy Spirit to unlock that code and you need to walk through the door. Um, and Jesus refers to himself as that doorway in John. Uh, we, we all have to walk through that door before we, we get the unlocking of the Holy Spirit and the scales drop off our eyes and then we can see and understand and hear the word and internalize it. But until then, until we confess Jesus as personal Savior and Lord, then uh, we won't have his spirit and we won't be his. So, yeah, it's really important for our personal lives. So uh, John seventeen seventeen. Um, let's go over there and have a look. Uh, all right, John seventeen seventeen. It says, um, sanctify them, purify, consecrate, separate them for yourself, make them holy by truth. Your word is truth. That says it all too. Um, You might recall Pilate asking Jesus, what is truth? And, well, it's it's something that we should ask ourselves. Uh, It's something that we need to know, and that's the answer in John 17, 17. But this world will try and tell you that truth is is a a fluid concept that's, that's relative, that you know, is is variable between uh, one individual's perception and someone else's perception. And you may have heard someone say, oh, well, good for you. It's, it might be true for you, but it's not true for me. Well, sorry, that's not what truth is. Truth is a constant. If it was variable by definition, it wouldn't actually be truth. Have a think about that. The The truth is constant. It's unchangeable, un, uh well, yeah, it, it it never changes. It 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 is what it is, and yeah, I mean, it's a case of take it or leave it. the The truth is exactly that constant in all circumstances throughout all time, and um, yeah, it's it's that uh, that basic uh, or simple. Uh, it's not a not a variable concept. It's it's a um, eternal thing that is unchangeable. Um, 
So Acts 17.11, let's go over there, uh, have a look. Uh, Acts 17.11 again in the Amplified. Uh, okay, um, yeah, so it says in the Amplified here, Acts 17.11, Now these Jews were better disposed and more noble than those in Thessalonica, for they were entirely ready and accepted and welcomed the message concerning the attainment through Christ of eternal salvation in the kingdom of God, with inclination of mind and eagerness, searching and examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So getting back to that concept of truth and understanding what is truth, the Bible contains truth. It is truth. Um, yeah, so... We, we really need to examine the scriptures and test whatever we've been told, either from external sources or internal sources. Um, you know, our, our minds will play tricks on us um, quite often, well, not quite often, daily, even by the minute, we'll get broadcastings um, either from the Holy Spirit or the enemy or both, and we've got to know the difference. And what we have to do is we have to be uh, meta- cognitive about what's happening in our mind because that's where the battlefield is so the enemy is always broadcasting he's the prince of the power of the air which is also uh, a a scripture um he's the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience so we we have to be like a um a uh, receiving device and tune ourselves into only the radio station so to speak poor um, analogy maybe of uh of jesus and tune the other stuff out um you know so we've we've got to search and examine the scriptures daily to unpack what's going on in our mind and in the world to understand what truth is um we will receive truth and have uh, truth uh, revealed to us uh, by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And Christ is referred to as the uh, revelator. Uh, you know, he's, he's the one that, um, that, that brings uh, the uh, rev, rev, revelation of, of what truth is. Um, and there is a book called that right at the end of the Bible. And yeah, just read that. And by the way, there is a blessing for, for reading that book. Um, as stated in the scriptures, but that's uh, a little left-field turn. So James 1, 21 to 23, it basically says that um, we're not to just listen to the word, we're actually supposed to put it into action. And a lot of us who've spent our lives, I know I have, uh, much to my shame, uh, so to speak, uh, but I'm, I'm getting better, hallelujah, um, it's easy to turn up to church and just do the same old thing week in, week out and be like every other Joe or Jane out there and, and not have your life, uh, your, your life changed by the word. Um, very easy to do that. I've done it and, um, yeah, I'm sick of doing that, which is why I'm here talking to you, um, encouraging you and encouraging myself. So let's go to James 1, 21 to 23. Again, in the Amplified, um, I, I, I just love it. The Amplified's just so good. Um, 
So we're going over there. Get James here. Alright. Okay. James 1, 21 to 23. Okay, so let's read it. Uh, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness and be, oh yeah, and in a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and welcome the word which implanted and rooted in your hearts um, as per the parable of, of the seed. That's where it gets rooted. Uh, contains the power to save your soul. So that's significant. You know, this this is not just some book. It has the power to save our souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word, obey the message and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves in deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror. I'll go on to verse 24. Uh, for he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like, uh, what he looked like. So, um, I'll, well, I'll actually read verse 25 as well. But he who looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it and uh, perseveres in looking into it, not being a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience. So this says it all again. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. So there's there's no point in just turning up to church on a Sunday, hearing the word, not carrying a Bible with you, not having anything, being disengaged and thinking that you, you know, you've done your duty, quote unquote, and you go and live like hell for the, the rest of the, the six days in, in the week before you actually turn up to church again. That's actually deceiving yourself. That's, that's stupid. Um, I'd encourage you, I mean, if that's all you ever do, I'd, I'd actually say to you to make, it, make a choice, either get real or don't do it. Because I can tell you right now that if you go to church and you hear the word and you do nothing with it, you'll be held accountable. Um, this is serious spiritual stuff. Um, it's, it's not to be messed with. Um, so if you take it flippantly, and if you just turn up to church every week, hear the word and do nothing with it, and you don't really even accept Christ in, into your heart, um, when you meet Jesus, he's just going to go, well, I don't even know who who you are. Um Get away from me! I uh, go over there with the the gnashes of, of teeth. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, you you wicked and lazy servant. That's exactly what he's going to say. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, don't be deluded. Uh, turning up to church is dangerous because um, you're you're hearing the word of God and you are accountable for what you hear, whether you like it or not. That's what the word says. That's the word of God. Uh, God is not out to condemn you. He's not out to chase you with a big stick. He's a good father, but, um, you know, he he gives everyone a chance and all of us have chances. And um, I'm sure that even though I don't have evidence of it, this is uh, 
the Donny version here, which could be wrong, but I'll say it anyway. I think that when we get to meet Jesus, and we all will at the end of our lives, um, he's like, if, if we even think of telling him that we didn't have a chance, he'll just hit a replay button and there'll be things replayed, um, you know, showing that we've had chances over chances because otherwise everything God has said would be a lie and he wouldn't be worth following because if he said that he's going to, you know, give us give everyone a chance and, and he doesn't, then he's basically a fraud and that's not the God I follow. There's plenty of false gods out there uh, who are not worth following, who are frauds, but Jesus is truth and his word is truth. So don't mess with it, don't trivialize it, and don't turn up to church thinking that that's going to make you right with God if you do nothing else other than that. That's just self-deception. It's delusional. So do yourself a favor, as mentioned, either stop going or get real and engage, you know. Um, I'm saying that for for your own good. Um, So um, 2 Timothy 3.15, let's go over there. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.15 in the Amplified. Okay, so how from childhood you have had a knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to instruct you and give you the understandings for salvation which comes through faith in Christ Jesus through the leaning of, of sorry, yeah through the leaning of the entire human personality on God in Christ Jesus in absolute trust and confidence in his power wisdom and goodness uh, verse 16 every scripture is God-breathed, given by his inspiration, and profitable for instruction, for reproof, and conviction of sin, for correction of error, and discipline in obedience, and for training in righteousness, in holy living, in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. Verse 17 will go there, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, This is how we put our armor on. Uh, In Ephesians 6, it talks about the the word of God being the the sword of of the spirit. You know, it's it's part of the armor of God. And um, there's no point turning up to a battle without all of your armor. Otherwise, you're just going to get shot. Um, So don't even think about it. So um, this, yeah, these scriptures here just talks about how every scripture, every word of God um, is useful, it's profitable in so many different ways, but it's all designed to make us complete and proficient, well-fitted and thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God is a good father. He's, he's not going to send us into a battle uh, without giving us everything we need to defeat uh, anything that comes our way, um, a.k.a. the enemy. Excuse me. Yeah, so... <clears throat> excuse me again. Wow. <laughs> Frog in the throat, as the old saying goes. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a famous Australian saying, but uh, you, you may not have heard of that. just means a little throat rasp, but that is not going to stop me here in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, 
So Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so whatever is going on in your mind is what you're going to act on and live out. And that's going to um, produce fruit, um, either good or bad. So if you're thinking on the word and you're engaged in the word and with the word, if you're meditating on the word, then you're going to have good fruit and vice versa. If you're, uh, I don't know, just thinking about other stuff um, that isn't based on truth consistently, um, then it's not going to have a good outcome. And so what I'm not saying to you is being uh, being a uh, hermit that just shuts yourself away and reads the Bible for 23 or you know, 20 hours or whatever. I mean, we're, we're talking about having a balanced life and engaging with the world, but not being affected by the world. We should be the ones affecting the world, not the other way around. Um, you know, so Jesus put us in the world. He didn't take us out of the world. And the reason he did that is because we are the light on, on the uh, hill. Um, you know, Jesus wants us to be here to to live out what he said, you know, to go out and lay hands upon the sick and see them get healed and uh, cast out demons and do everything that he said, go and make disciples. And he said these signs will follow those who, who believe. So if um, signs are not following you, well, you have to ask yourself, do you actually believe? And I include myself in that. And um, if you're listening to someone that doesn't have signs following them, well, maybe you should stop listening to them. Um, simple as that as well. So, um, yeah, it, it, it may be controversial, but it's tight and, and it's right. And um, I, I make no uh, apologies for that. Um, I don't claim to know everything about everything, far from it, uh, but I'm engaged with the one that does, a.k.a. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father. And as mentioned uh, that reference about truth. Truth is not a fluid concept, uh, as, as stated. It's static, it's unchangeable, um, it's always been the same and it always will be the same, regardless of what man says about it. The, the, the truth is what it is. God is not a smorgasbord where you can pick what you like and, and avoid what you don't. It's either all or, or nothing. Um, you know, so... Uh, whilst Jesus is a gentleman and he will not compel you to accept him, um, if you do accept him, it's got to be on his terms. You don't have the right to define what truth is before or after being a believer, quote unquote. There's only one that has that right and his name is Jesus. And he's the only one that can and should define what truth is. Um, so, yeah, that's my little... Uh, little session for this week. I hope it's been helpful. I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful for all of you that engage uh, with this. I've, I've done it not just for myself, but for you as well to reinforce on all of us uh, how important it is to get stuck in into the word. We are cross trainers and we can make a difference. And as mentioned, there is nothing the enemy fears more than those that are engaged with the word of God that have the whole armor of God on that know who their God is, uh, that know who they are, and that are uh, going out and doing amazing things, having signs, wonders, and miracles following them 
regardless of the turmoil in this world. We're passing through town and very soon we're going to meet Jesus face to face and he's going to ask each one of us, well, what did you do with what I gave you? And uh, we want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. That's the whole point. Uh, we, we want to be about our father's business. We, we, we want to do something of eternal significance and not be deceived by the enemy into uh, pointless pursuits that, that are dead ends that lead to nowhere and nothing other than heartache, pain and misery. I think all of us have had enough of that and we, we want something that's way better. And again, his name is Jesus and engage with the word and you'll have that outcome. So be blessed, everyone. I'll talk to you next week and go out and do great things for Jesus. Amen.